Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just rise up, please, and let's just pray. My first prayer point is this. I want us to lift the area where we're in, the GCC. Let's pray for peace. Wherever you are, just say, pray for peace for this area. You know, I just woke up this morning and my wife was just reminding me of the turmoil around here. And, and I said, nothing will happen to this land in Jesus' name. But that does not mean that we should not pray for peace. Let's pray for the peace of these nations. That the Lord will bring his peace down on this land. I know Brother Claudie prayed for Oman, but now I'm taking, I'm taking us to the bigger region. That the Lord's peace will abide in this land. Lord, we ask that your peace will reign in this land. Will reign in this region, Father Lord. Regardless of what's happening politically, Lord, we know you're the Prince of Peace. And Lord, and we decree peace into these lands. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Let's also pray that, Lord, say, Lord, I've opened my heart to receive of you today. As I'm here, Father Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. I don't know what your expectations is, but just pray that you have a word for yourself in this season. Father Lord, for each person, Lord, that is hearing your voice. It's not my voice, Father Lord. It's your own voice. Lord, I ask that these words shall meet them, Father Lord. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you will hide me behind the cross. Lord, even as we interact, as we discuss, Father Lord, Lord, we ask that your presence will come down. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Greet three people and say welcome to church before you sit down. Hallelujah. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Hallelujah. If you haven't greeted them, you can continue standing. Hallelujah. Uh, this message that I was going to preach has been over a year. I've jotted it down, but uh, I didn't have any release to, uh, to preach a message. And as my day came up, this was one of the times that I stood up, I said, God, what, are, what do you want your children to hear? You know, and I kept on thinking, and I kept on praying, and God said, I've already given you the message for them. It's written down there. So I went back to my tablet, and I I was trying to rearrange everything. As up to last night, I still had not had a title for it. I had the message, but what would the title be? And it was this morning as I was sitting down, God told me the title is, Are You Failing? Are You Failing? Isn't it? Are You Failing? There are some things that we don't want to talk about. Failure, failing, is something nobody wants to talk about. But something our day-to-day lives that we will have to deal with and we'll have to deal with it through the Christian perspective. Praise the Lord. Are you with me today? Our text is from Proverbs 24, 16. And it says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. I want you to take notes of two words. Righteous and may. Righteous and me. And the other text is from Psalm 145, verse 14, which says, The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Isn't it? Praise the Lord. The Lord upholds. So those are the words that we're going to hold on to as we continue this discussion. Now, the common word that we have to is failure. 
we talk about failure, isn't it? And some people have various definitions of failure. And as in my normal way, I'll give you the definitions of failure that I've gotten. Lack of success. The opposite of success is failure. Am I correct? Non-performance. Okay? Some people say you're not performing. You're a failure, isn't it? Okay? The other one is, okay, the fact of not doing something you must do or are expected to do. Not doing something that you are expected to do. You're failing to do something you're expected to do. Hallelujah. Those are the definitions. And those are the worldly definitions that we have and we're benchmarking it. Now, one of the things in life is the difference between someone that is achieving and not achieving, okay, is his perspective to failing or to failure. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. That is the difference between somebody that has achieved or not, his perspective to that. And that's why I'm talking about a paradigm shift. We need to have a paradigm shift about failing or about failure from a biblical perspective for us to be able to reach the next level. Okay? And there are some points I want to raise and I want to make clear for us to understand. Number one, failure is not of God. Let's get that absolutely clear. Failure is not meant of God. It's not meant of God. If you look at it from the beginning, I don't know, it was a perfect world, wasn't it? A perfect garden for them. Did God make them fail? No. It's not of God. God does not want to see you fail. We have a good God. That is too good. That is too good to make you fail. Praise the Lord. So let's look at that from that point of view. Failure is not of God. But who is it of? We'll find out as we go on. Praise the Lord. I know I have a lot of teachers here. Lecturers. Am I correct? Uh, secondary teachers and uh, primary school teachers and even Sunday school teachers. Am I correct? Now, what is a pass mark? Let's see. Let me use my pastor. What is a pass mark in your, your students? 50. Ah, 50. He's a, he's a good man. 50. Anybody has a different pass mark? 40. Yes, 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 yes. Now, now you're talking to, you're going to understand those ones that are very, very strict. 40, isn't it? Now, there are different pass marks. It reminds me of a lecturer when I was in university. You know, you have A to F. F is fail, how convenient, and A is the high. And he will say A is for God. God has the A star. B is for him. He's next to God. He has B, isn't it? C is for the best student, which is one. So where does that leave the rest of you? Between D and F, isn't it? And uh, so it's, it's, it's interesting that we have various pass marks. But my second point is, God's failure grade is different from that of man. Let's get that straight. We have gotten different grades of passing, 50%, 40%. But is that God's failure grade? Is that God's pass mark? Who says God's pass mark is going to be 50%? Who says it might not be 90%? Who says it might not be 20%? So the benchmark of what God considers failure is different. And I want you to realize that. Let's go to, uh, let me read 2 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13. It says, For we do not dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. 
who think that they have done well. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes us. There's a sphere that God has included us in which he will measure us. We're not bound by human metrics. Are we together? And most times it's the human metrics that makes us reach where we are. That people will say you are failed. Who are they to say you are failed? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Go to the Old Testament in Genesis 4, 3 to 6. You had Cain and Abel, isn't it? One's offering was better than the other. What metric did God use to prefer Abel's offering to Cain's offering? Are you aware of the benchmark? We can only deduce, maybe he saw something within Cain's heart. But you cannot have a written metric of why God accepted Abel's offering better than Cain's offering. If those two offerings were came here today, maybe Cain's will be better because everybody's going vegetarian. Am I correct? Maybe they'll say, okay, yes, let's accept this one, this one that is more healthy and better than the meat. But what metrics did God use? But he accepted someone else's offering than the brother. Even though Cain was upset, and God told him, if you do well, won't you be accepted? So there was a connection between Cain and God. They knew what they were talking about. We can only deduce from there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Number three, God can allow us to fail. Interesting, yeah? God can allow us to fail. He can allow you to fail. He doesn't want us to be immune to failure. And there are various reasons. Because God could have asked you to do something that you do not do. Am I correct? God would have asked you to do something and you did not do it. And you'll say, okay, let me see what will happen. Praise the Lord. Or because, maybe because he wants to teach you along the way. We have an example in the Bible. Remember Joseph. Joseph. God was with Joseph, wasn't he? God ex. God showed him dreams. He showed him what was going to happen in future. But did God ask Joseph to share those dreams? That's the question we had. Did God ask Joseph to share those dreams? No. Joseph shared those dreams out of his own will and vocation. He said, ah, I've seen something exciting. Let me share it. And he did not know what was happening with his brothers. We have dreams, but it's not everybody that you're supposed to share it. Praise the Lord. One, I'll, I'll say something here. If you have a dream, write it down. If you wake up at night and you have dreamt of something, write it down and keep it. It might not be for public consumption, it might be for your own. Later on, it might come out that God will ask you to share it. And Joseph failed along that line. He didn't ask God, should I share this with my brothers? Should I share this with my sisters? No. He fell along those lines. Another thing, have you ever taught your child how to ride a bicycle? Have you been there? 
Or have you learned to ride a bicycle? How many people can ride a bicycle? Let's see. Yes. And how many times did you fall down? Several times. And if you're teaching your child to ride a bicycle, he's going to fall down. And he's wearing shorts, he's going to bruise himself. But do you stop? Because you want to teach him how to ride a bicycle. When my son was learning to ride a bicycle, he fell down. Several times. He was bruised. I said, no, no, no. Back, back on it, we must do it. Luckily nowadays, they have what they call the support. During my time, they didn't have that. You fall down and it's, it's terrible. And we didn't have pavements like this that were kind of good. Sometimes the roads were terrible. Or you had to borrow someone's bike to learn how to ride a bike because maybe you didn't have a bike. So you had limited time to it. So you have to catch up quickly, isn't it? That's an example of what God can take you to. At times, we don't listen to God. And God will fold his hands and he'll watch us. When we hit a rock, we'll come back. But if we listen to him from day one, we'll have rest. I've been there. I've been down that road. Several times, God will say something, but in my human mind, I will continue. I want to push. I want to push. And I'll just hit a door. And there's nothing I can do. And to when God says it's time, and God says, reminds me, I've spoken this to you. You shouldn't have expended this energy. Praise the Lord. Is anybody there? You understand what I'm saying? Number four. The wrong attitude to failure. The wrong attitude to failure. One of the first things about failure is fear. We fear to fail. Am I correct? Because of what people will say around you, isn't it? But for you to conquer fear, you have to feel the fear. Am I correct? For you to conquer fear, you have to feel the fear. Gideon was afraid. Am I correct? Moses was afraid. Esther almost missed her destiny because of fearing to go in the presence of the king. What will people say? What will people say? If I come out, what will happen? If I speak about Christ to my boss, what will he say? To my colleagues, what will they say? But it's fear that's keeping us. And that is the wrong attitude to failure. Let it be, let me go out there and let me fail. I'll come back, I'll have learned something. If you find somebody that has lost his job for several months, he has no fear of losing his job. Am I correct? Because he has been down that road. There's no, there's no fear. There's nothing the enemy can do to him. He does not lack because he has been down that road. But we have, oh, what would they say? Oh, they'll say, I feel, oh, they'll, ah, no. What does God say? That's the most important thing. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we pray for so many things and yet we don't want to go through the fire to get them. Sometimes things are not a platter of gold. Sometimes you have to go and grab it. You have to fight for it. It might be in a place of prayer, but you have to go and fight for it. Sometimes we, we misunderstand failure. 
That's another thing. We misunderstand it. We look at failure and say, oh, it's the end of the world. But what is it teaching me in that regard? What am I getting from there? And today, the third point which I'm also making is this. You're unprepared for failure. And I'm preparing you. Now, the reason why is this, am I praying for you to fail? No, 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 no. Far from it. The text at the beginning says, the righteous man may. Okay? It didn't say the righteous man may never. It didn't say, it said may. It never said never. The righteous man never. It said may. Are you righteous? Say hallelujah. hallelujah. That means you may fall. Am I correct? Because we're human. We're human. So if you may, you have to be prepared for it. And your only preparation is based on the word of the Lord. The word of God. What is God saying in this situation? What is God talking to me about? That is the preparation and that's what we're here today. That's why you're here today. And that's why I believe the word is going out to somebody here. That there will be a turnaround in your life. That you look at something differently. There's a difference about failing and being a failure. Do you understand? There's a difference about failing and being a failure. When you say being a failure, it's like being a constant, isn't it? Failing can be one. You say it can be seven times. But it didn't say you're a failure. It didn't say the righteous man was a failure. He said, may fall, may fall, may fall. One of the people I love is Peter. Isn't it? Peter. Peter denied Christ, didn't he? Am I correct? Did that stop him from being a great apostle? Peter walked on water and he failed. He took one or two steps. Did that stop him? Sometimes I pray I have the heart of Peter. After denying Jesus Christ and the cock crowed, someone will say, halas, that's the end of it. I've messed up. But Peter shook up his garment and said, I must do more and I will not go back to this. That's the attitude Peter had. You know something? And that is one of the greatest apostles that we have. If you don't learn from your mistakes, you'll continue losing. And you fail to move beyond. You have to learn from your mistakes. There's a popular uh, man, Joshua, said, a life spent in making mistakes is not only more honorable, but more useful than a life spent doing nothing. It's better for you to go and fail than to stay and doing nothing. Are we together? And that's why I brought up the issue of Peter. And we have people in the contemporary world that are doing that. They would have failed. But staying where you are is not status quo. Praise the Lord. My slides are there behind. Uh, Hallelujah. But that's not the end of it. I don't want you to be sorrowful. 
Because we can overcome this. Praise the Lord. We can overcome. No one can believe that. Say, we can overcome. Because I'm going to give you some certain points about how to overcome failure. One of the things I'll say is, failure is an inside job. Do you know what someone I'm saying is an inside job? Failure is from within. It's an internal thing. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Failure starts from within, isn't it? Whether he did not listen to God, it's from within. Or that he created an atmosphere for you to fail, it's from within. We have to take responsibility. When Adam and Eve failed, they couldn't blame it on the devil. The devil was there, but they had an option, isn't it? It starts from inside. And one of the things is you cannot change the things that are beyond your control. Okay? You cannot change the things that are beyond your control. There are certain things that are beyond your control. The Scandinavians will say something. There's nothing as bad weather. Only bad clothing. Praise the Lord. Nothing as bad weather, only bad clothing. They know they come from the northern part of the hemisphere, where it's very cold. So it's left for them to deal with that, isn't it? Now, I'm not trying to say they cannot sit down and pray and say, Lord, change the climate here. They can do that, and by faith it can happen. But the reason is, why do they want to change it? Is it to glorify God or to say that they have done something? That will depend on what God will answer. But they have taken the fact of life that the Scandinavian countries are colder. So it's not bad weather. We like the weather. But we just have to have the appropriate clothing, isn't it? Praise the Lord. And that's how we're supposed to be able to look at things. A challenge is something that can be solved, isn't it? But a fact of life, you must accept it. Another fact of life is he created a male and female. People want to change that nowadays, isn't it? As much as they try, it's a fact of life. That's what God created it. You cannot change it. You cannot change it. You only accept what you are. You can try to do all the modifications. That does not change you. As far as I'm concerned, that does not change you because that's how God has made you. I cannot stand up and say I want to be a short man. God has made me with this height. I have to live with it. Praise the Lord. Of course, I can lose weight. That's a different issue. But I don't think I can go short, isn't it? Or rather, a short man cannot want to elongate taller than me. It's a fact of life. That's how you are created. But the most important is how I think of myself will determine how I am. Don't let the failures of outside penetrate you. Praise the Lord. Number two, accept responsibility of failure. Okay? I have failed. And I'll say I have failed. I'll raise up my hand, I have failed. But nowadays, the world is changing. 
it's because of my teacher I feel he didn't teach me very well. Teachers, have you heard those? Have you heard that? It's a, it's a common now. It's because of my teacher. Uh, that's why I failed. Eve said it's because of Adam, isn't it? And the serpent. But people are failed. They tend not to be able to take responsibility for their failure. It's my failure. And sometimes we, we react in different ways. Sometimes we overreact, isn't it? We blow up. Sometimes we go and hide ourselves because we are failed. Sometimes someone will continue working at the same thing. You know he has failed, but he continues working at the same thing. It must happen, it must happen, it must happen. But he has failed along that line. And the last one, sometimes people give up. You have to accept responsibility. And it starts from there. There's no change that will not come without accepting responsibility. In First Chronicles 21, 1-17. First Chronicles 21, 1-17. You can have time, you can go back home and go and look at this. David had reached a point, I won't say his career or his reign, he was very comfortable. And he decided to go and take census. Am I correct? He decided to go and take census of the men he had. And the reason why he was taking that census was not because God asked him to take a census. Are we together? There are other parts of the Bible that God will ask David or some other people, go and take census of the people. But he wanted to take census to boast his ego of the men that he had. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you see a rich man will open his car doors and he will just look at his doors and cars and say, oh, I have those cars. That was the kind of census he has. Or let me come home. You open your wardrobe. Women, you see your shoes and your dresses and you look at it. Excellent, isn't it? That's what David was doing at that time. And God said, no, I didn't ask you to do this. And the angel of God stood up with a sword waiting to strike down the whole of Jerusalem, isn't it? Now, this is what one man has done. But God was going to wipe out the whole city. And what did David do? He jumped up. He said, I'm the one that caused this problem. I take responsibility. I made a mistake. I failed. I went and did this. And God had mercy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If we don't take responsibility for our failures, there's no way we can move on beyond that. And the world right now is teaching our children not to take responsibility for their failings. And parents, we should not be giving our children excuse for failing. We're beginning to become more and more like the world. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Even as leaders, we have to take responsibility of our failings in our ministries. In our care cells, or wherever God has appointed you, we have to take responsibility. Dwindling membership, people not coming for care cells, we have to look at it and say, I'm responsible for this aspect of the ministry. It's very, very important to accept responsibility. Number three, do not let the past hold you hostage. Hmm. Do not let the past hold you hostage. 
Philippians 3.13 says, Brethren, I do not call myself to be apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Now, that is where we have issues. We tend to think of where we're coming from. I came from this background. Oh, and I cannot do this. I failed this in the past. Your past is holding you hostage. Is that what the Bible wants us to do? No. We were going through the books of Acts in our care cells. And there was a gentleman, John Mark, wasn't it? John Mark caused a division between Paul and Barnabas, wasn't it? In that all of them went a different way. He deserted them. Okay? He deserted them. But if you read 2 Timothy 4.11, the same Paul that did not want to go to John Mark, he asked him to come. We all develop gradually. Sometimes failure is not a sign that we cannot do it. But it's just a time that we need to grow. Isn't it? The disciples went out. And they went to go and cast out people. And they came out and said, Lord, we are not able to do that. And the Lord said, this, this one needs prayer and fasting. Now, these same disciples, later on in life, were doing that. Am I correct? They failed at that beginning part. But they learned from it. And they became greater apostles for it. Praise the Lord. So we can always outgrow our failings. If you go to Acts 22, Paul had an awful history. Awful history. Some of us have awful histories and we feel we cannot serve in the household of God. Who cares? That's what I say. It's God's benchmark. I don't care where you're coming from. I don't care what happened in your past. God can use you. But some of us are holding back because of where we came from. God has forgiven you. You might have been an alcoholic. You might be a druggie. You might have been fornicating. Adultery. But you have repented. God can use you. The past cannot hold you hostage. The past cannot hold you hostage. You're the one holding yourself hostage. Because you're a new being. You're a new creature. And there are various opportunities for you to serve. Unless you're not living a Christ-like life. You need that boldness. Another part is, another person you look at is Peter. Am I correct? As I spoke about this a while ago, walked on water, denied Jesus Christ. Now the funny thing is, he was with Christ. He was a disciple of Christ, but he failed. Am I correct? So that means even if you are serving the church, you are bound to feel also you might fail. Am I correct? Am I correct? You might be following Jesus and you will still fail. I have my failings. I believe even pastor has his own failings. I might not know. Maybe Sister Matthew will be the best person to tell us. But being a woman of God, she, will, she won't say anything. <laughs> it's between husband and wife, isn't it? But we have our own failings, even in the household of God. Isn't it? So the fact that I'm serving here, I'm preaching to you, does not mean that I cannot fail. Let 
That's why when you see a man of God failing in the newspaper, some people are always bashing him left, right, and center. But you don't know what part of the journey he's on. You don't know what happens afterwards. That was Peter. Followed Christ, but he failed along the line until he got it right. Imagine they were trying to say, look, it's his disciple that is denying him. Isn't it? Imagine what people would have said. So don't let anybody put you down that you have failed and you're serving in the household of God. No. You know something? So failure does not disqualify you even if you have been following Jesus. It can only make you better. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number four, you need to turn adversity to advantage. Genesis 50, 20. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. Praise the Lord. Use it for good. Use what have I learned? What has happened? There was a story of uh, Thomas Edison. All of us know Thomas Edison. What did, he, what did he invent? Give me one invention. Light bulb. Am I correct? And there was a story in 1914. At that time, his warehouse went up in flames. Almost about a million dollars. And he was only insured for 258,000 US dollars. And everything was burning. And the man sat down there, he was watching it burn. Am I correct? He was watching it burn. And his son Charles was there looking at his dad and said, he was fearful because the man was 67 years old then. What's going to happen to this man? All his investments are going down the drain. Then the man was rushing to go and see his dad. He said, where's your mom? Go and bring your mom for me. Let her come and see a sight that she may never behold. Your own business burning. But it was a sight because maybe it was a lab and everything was sparking. Bring your mother, come and see a sight that she may never see again. Some of us will think, oh, that man is crazy. But he said something profound. Next morning, after when he looked at the rules, he said, there's a great value in disaster. All our mistakes are burnt up. All our mistakes are burnt up. Thank God we can start anew. Three weeks after he invented the phonograph, three weeks after the incident, he invented something else. Our mistakes have been buried. We can start afresh. That rejection letter, put it aside. You can start afresh. That job you lost, put it aside. Another one is coming. I said another one is coming. Manasseh, in 2 Chronicles 33, 10-20. Manasseh became king at the age of 12. And he didn't follow the ways of the Lord. And he was taken by the Assyrians, I think, or the Babylonians. They took him captive. And he was there bound in chains, a king. And there he discovered God. 
again. And he repented. And he was restored back to his throne. Now imagine that. King, captive, king. So where were you today? They are come out today and you think God cannot take you back there. God can do it. You might feel by the worst standards I was here. God can take you back there. You just have to believe. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our Lord says in Jesus Christ, he turned his death into victory. I can imagine some people were rejoicing. He's dead, he's dead. But that's our victory that we have. Elijah, also. No burnout is permanent. There are times in your ministry, you might feel a little bit down. Am I correct? Nothing is working. You call for prayer meeting, only a few people turn up. You call for a vigil, only a few people turn up. You're having burnout. Am I correct? Times in your marriage is rock bottom. I'm tired of this. I want to quit. I want out. You have a child that's not listening. God, I'm fed up with this child. Am I correct? Are we there? Are we there? Am I speaking to somebody? It's burnout. You feel they have been trying, but you cannot see any progress. But you need to take time out. Take care of yourself and go back to God. You can't kill yourself. And God will speak to you and will sort it out. We are permitted to have those low moments because God will see us through. Hallelujah. You're in the mission field. You're not getting any souls. Take it back to God. Don't hate yourself so hard. God will show you the way. Number five, the power of persistence. We have to be persistent in what we're doing. In Luke 18, 1 to 8, we know of the persistent widow until she got what she wanted. Am I correct? Until she got what she wanted. Have you stayed in a place of prayer to get what you want? To stop failing, have you stayed in a place of prayer? That is very important. You have to be persistent in what you do. You don't try it once, twice, and just forget about it. Sometimes you might need help for someone to uphold you, but you don't leave. Abraham was another example. Regardless of his mistakes, one of, what was Abraham's, one of Abraham's failings? What was it? Huh? Not Pastor Abraham. I'm talking of the one in the Bible. So let you not say I'm saying that Pastor has a mistake. One of the things was he was lying. Am I correct? And that's how his kids, Jacob and everybody, he went down that route. But regardless of that, he still remained faithful and obedient. And it was recorded to him as righteous, isn't it? David sinned by Sheba. Failure did not have the last word there. He repented, isn't it? God still use us. God will still use us. But we have to be persistent. 
Praise the Lord. We have to be persistent. Now, in conclusion, I'm just going to conclusion. A thought. A thought. And this is for the church. This is for the church. And the church consists of me and you. My question is to, to the bread of life. Examine yourself. Where are we? Where are we failing? In this year of revival, have we been a success story? Praise the Lord. That's my question to you. We stood out this year, we say it's a year of revival. How many souls have we won for the kingdom? How many of them have we spoken the word of Christ to? 1 Chronicles 10, 26 says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take it lest he falls. Let us not think that we're standing strong as a church lest we fall. God has given us instruction this year. Revive ourselves. Let's go for a revival within the city. How has your own walk with God been this year? And God is saying, yes. It's okay for you to fail, but we cannot be failures. And that's my conclusion part. In my conclusion, I'm saying to you, to fail from time to time is only human. But to be a failure is when we are defeated by failure. Refusing to rise and try again. So let's examine ourselves. Are you failing? Possibly. But don't be a failure. God will help you and God will speak to you. In Jesus' name we are praying. Shall we stand as we bring the service to a close? And I want us to think on this profoundly practical message which we have heard today. While we might all like to tom-tom our successes and not dwell on our failures, it is something that we have all gone through or are going through. So we need to know how to overcome it. Ask yourself this question. Do you fail to plan or plan to fail? There's a difference. And we heard that failure is not from God. If you've got your Bibles, please turn with me to, num to Numbers chapter 13. And I'll just read two verses, which is the end part of the journey of the spice that Moses sent into the promised land. In verse 30 we read, 
Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. What are you saying today? Are you saying, I am able to do it? I am able to rise up again? Or are you saying, no, I cannot do it? I am not able. As a child of God, your word should be, I am able. I will do it. Failure is not my portion. NASA says, NASA has a slogan, failure is not an option. That's what should be there for all of us. And that's what God is telling us today. You may fail occasionally, rise up. Rise up and walk. Put your hands in the hands of God. Be a Caleb today. Turn to your person next to you on your right and tell him or her, I am able. Now turn to the person on your left and tell him or her, you are able. Be a Caleb today. Church, remember your history is exactly that. It's history. Don't make it current. Leave it as history. That's why it's called history. Let it be history. David failed. Peter failed. Paul failed. And there are many other people in the word of God who have failed. But God restored every one of them. And today we talk of David, of Peter, of Paul as heroes of the Bible. You are not a failure. You are never meant to be a failure. Because God said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Talk to God right now. Just thank him. Thank him. Yes, God, thank you, Lord, for telling me that I can rise up again. Failure is not my portion. And I am not going to dwell in that mud of failure. Thank you, Lord, because you have told me that success is mine. I am an overcomer and I will do it. God, with you, I am able. I am able and we will do it. Talk to God. Talk to God. It's your commitment to God. It's the words that you say that make the difference. Choose not to remain in failure. Choose not to confess that you are a failure. Because, believe me, none of us in this hall today are failures. God has decreed that you and I are not failures. So let's talk to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you have told us, Lord, that yes, it is not wrong to fail once in a while. But Father God, you have also told, told us that it is wrong to, to, to consider ourselves as failures because we are not. 
And we thank you, Lord, that today you have lifted our spirits, Lord Father, and made us feel good because we know, Lord, that we are no longer failures. We thank you, Lord, that you are putting out your hand, you are stretching out your hand. Receive our hands in yours, Lord. And lift us up, Lord Father, that we may stand again. That we may truly be overcomers. Father, we surrender ourselves into your hands. We thank you, Lord, for your servant whom you have used this day. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to give him words of wisdom that he can bring across to us. Anoint him the more, Lord Father, so that he will dwell into your word and then bring it across to us, Lord. Bless him and his family, Lord. We send them into your hands. Father, we thank you, Lord, for every one of us gathered here. And as we depart this place, we pray, Lord, that we will walk out with our heads held high. Because we know that we are not failures. In you, we are successes. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.